Parsha of the week, Bahar Bechukotai, contains a hair-raising passage of blessings and curses. If you're a person who has trouble sleeping at night, studying this Torah portion before bed might not be for you. Bechukotai begins positively enough. If you follow my laws and faithfully observe my commands, good things will occur. Rains will come in their season, peace in the land, prosperity, and the all-consuming protection of God. But true to b- biblical form, this optimism is followed by a much longer and much more vivid passage of foreboding, reflecting the Bible's basic understanding of human nature that we are much more likely to do the right thing if we are frightened into it rather than rely on the better angels of our nature. This final passage in the book of Leviticus goes into shocking detail of what might happen to us if we act unjustly, wrongly. Just to give you a flavor, there will be no food. There will be no food to such an extent that parents will eat the flesh of their children. Consumption and fever will rack our bodies. Wild beasts will wipe out the cattle herds. Pestilence shall cover the land. I can go on and on, but you get the picture. The Torah states that those who somehow survive all of this will be so fearful that even the sound of a driven leaf will put them to flight. Just the barely perceptible noise of a leaf falling from the tree or riding on the wind will cause them to panic even though no one is pursuing them. It's just a driven leaf. And then we read one verse that is so relevant to our times, it could have been written by one of our contemporaries. V'chashlu ish be'achiv kemipnei cherev verodef en. They shall stumble over one another as if they are fleeing the sword. But there's no pursuer. In other words, you will be so on edge, so angst-ridden, that you will panic at the sound of a driven leaf. And when one of you panics, it will cause mass hysteria of the entire lot falling upon one another. Picking up on the Hebrew word vechashlu, which implies not only falling, but failing, keshel. The Midrash teaches they will fall upon one another. This means not that one will fall on the other, but rather that one will fall on account of, because of the other. What a profound insight. Individual failings cause collective failings. And collective failings cause individual failings. 
We cannot isolate ourselves, wall ourselves off from society's failings if our neighbors are lawless. Eventually, we will not be lawful. We will be devoured by our neighbor's lawlessness. If our neighbors are untruthful, eventually, their lies will destroy social cohesion. Telling the truth is the cement of free societies. If we undermine the concept of truth, if everything is alternative fact, you're entitled to your version of truth and I'm entitled to my version, then we undermine the social trust required for liberty. And eventually, the lies of political leaders, the untruths of corporate leaders, the falseness of conventional and social media will cause society at large to fail when we can no longer rely upon agreed-upon truths. We've taken the first step towards fascism, the imposition of an authoritarian truth by an authoritarian figure. In the words of the Midrash, the individual will fail on account of the other. I will be unable to be truthful if all around me are lies and subterfuge. We will fall over each other on account of each other's failings. We rely on others. We have no choice. The individual knows Practically nothing. You use computers all the time. Did you awake one morning and say to yourself, I think I'll invent a computer today? Do you have a clue what's actually in the computer and what makes it work? Cantor Singer mentioned, thank God for air conditioners. Do you know what to do if it malfunctions? Can you manufacture its parts? Do you even know where its parts came from? Do you take a shower today? Do you know how to manufacture a faucet? Do you know how to get water from clouds directly into your sink? Can you do it yourself? Do you know where soap comes from? Do you take a pill today? Perhaps blood pressure medication or a statin? Do you have any idea what is really in those pills? Can you produce them yourself if you had to? They keep you alive. What is a statin anyway? Sounds like some kind of electrical phenomenon, you know. During the thunderstorm, I could literally feel the statin in the air. <laughs> Even our opinions are mostly constructed on air. 
We're ignorant of the basic facts and subtleties of the human condition. So many people have such strong views on how to solve the Israeli-Palestinian dispute and they can't even identify Israel on a map. That's not to say that we should just withdraw from the world because we're too ignorant to justify even being alive. It is to emphasize that we are interdependent. Our views are informed and often determined by others' views. It can't be any other way. I'm not an expert on Islam. I know practically nothing about India or Pakistan. How do you know that climate change is real, let alone a threat to the future of the planet? Are you knowledgeable enough to tell the difference between a nimbostratus cloud and a cyrostratus one, let alone the physics of weather? I'm not, I'm not suggesting that I'm a climate change denier. But I rely on other people. That's the point. And speaking of physics, can you even understand the basic equation E equals MC squared? What is that? No matter how many times they tried to explain it to me, I couldn't even understand the beginnings of what they meant. We have to rely on Einstein that he knew what he was talking about. And it's complicated, because like everything in human affairs, experts contradict each other, and very often their theories are eventually proven wrong. Further, that we can rely on the expertise of another in one area should not necessarily cause us to rely on that person in other areas. You might know that Einstein loved music and enjoyed playing the violin often. So after he arrived at Princeton, he joined a chamber group that played together regularly. The group even hired a conductor. One day while the group was practicing, the conductor became increasingly frustrated with Einstein who was not in tempo. Finally, not able to take it anymore, the conductor stopped the music and turned to Einstein, admonishing him, Einstein, can't you count? <laughs> Sigmund Freud, who was so proficient in the workings of the mind, couldn't do physics. In fact, Einstein and Freud met. And afterwards, Freud said that he couldn't understand a thing that Einstein was telling him. And Einstein couldn't understand the theories of the mind expressed by Freud. So Freud said, we had a great conversation. And in any case, knowing more about something than someone else does not bestow upon you higher moral wisdom or insight. Dostoevsky, who was so 
sensitive to human suffering, hated Jews. Mark Twain, who made a fortune as an author, lost a fortune as an investor. Picasso, whose appreciation of beauty was so refined, was a misogynist. Wagner, who was so attuned to romance and love, his music is played at weddings. Wagner was an anti-Semite. Heidegger, whose philosophical mind was so exquisitely complex, was a base Nazi. What the Bible is teaching us more than anything else is that human beings need other human beings. We are social animals. Practically everything we have, practically everything we know comes from other people. We treat our own knowledge, what we know in our head, as if it's our own. It isn't. Nor should it be. No one person can ever know enough. We are far better, far more proficient and capable if we each rely on others' knowledge. That's how progress unfolds. And the more progress, the more we advance, the more complex society is, the less we know relative to what is known. I'm leaving for Greece over the weekend. I see some of us are going with me. I have no idea how a plane is built, and I couldn't fly one if my life depended on it. In fact, my life depends on other people's knowledge that they know how to build a plane, and they know how to fly a plane. I trust them and rely on them. See, that's this thing. I have a stake in your moral behavior. If you fall, I will fall. My life is dependent on the pilot's life. I know nothing about the pilot. And I know nothing about his moral uprightness. And once these assumptions fail, we will fall all over each other and on account of each other. And even at the sound of a driven leaf, we will panic. Who doesn't think twice before going on a plane nowadays? We will panic even when there is no pursuer because we've lost faith in each other. Martin Luther King said it this way. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied into a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly, affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be.